Who are you? Mildred Moyer. Remember me? Mildred, what are you doing in my house? What, I can't check in on my exes? Uh, no. I do admit it is a bit stalkerish, but now that I'm here, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but it's great seeing you. Okay, Mildred, you're starting to freak me out. You have to leave. You cheated on me, Tommy. What? That was in the 10th grade! Do you know how much that hurt? We dated for like a week, and I kissed Kelsey Summers like once. I, I was gonna kiss you, but I was like worried that your big nose was gonna poke me in the eye. So you got that fixed? Oh yes, Tommy. I've been fixed. Okay, I'm calling the cops. Joining us on Moving Radio today is a local director, a local filmmaker, because we love covering that kind of stuff on this show. You all know that, people, who has got a premiere coming up in July of his brand new film. It's called Grotesque. I know the title itself has already piqued your interest, people. Of course, it is a return guest who's been here, I think, at least on two, maybe three occasions, even on a live episode you were. It's Brandon Rhinus, writer-director of Grotesque. Brandon, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to be here. Brandon, look, I like to talk to you, but I will tell you, and I've told you this before, I think, you are the most listened to uh, interview guest I have locally. That's what? for sure. I Seriously? Think, yeah, you got the most plays. Your, your, your audience is hardcore. Well, that is good to, to know. Hello to my yeah. audience. Thank yeah, you. Your numbers jump buddy your numbers jump <laughs> but again that's i'm just like that's a good thing for you i'm uh, it doesn't do anything for me it just uh, it speaks to maybe your work that's for sure now grotesque interestingly enough is going to be premiering uh that's right it hasn't premiered anybody else it's currently on brandon's computer being edited furiously and it's going to be happening on saturday july 30th and this is the exciting part is that Everyone who worked on it, because it was filmed in town, is going to be there. So I want everyone to know that if you're listening to this and thinking about getting tickets, I'm telling you right now, Brandon and his friends, come hard to the theater. It will sell out. I suggest you go to metrocinema.org if you want to be there on Saturday, July 30th, watching the premiere of the film. Brandon, before we kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts of the film, let's let the audience know who's like, oh, what is this? I don't know what this film is talking about because they haven't been following the journey on social media. The main character's name is Mildred Moyer, right? And you've labeled her as the most lovable psychopath in the world, <laughs> which I think is such a, it's a very cute moniker. It's a cute title to hold. Uh, give us the audience a little bit of a taste of what grotesque and Mildred's journey is going to be about. Well, basically, Grotesque is a horror comedy film. It's about a young woman named Mildred Moyer who was born with an abnormally large nose, and she's been ridiculed her whole life. Finally, she decides to do something about it. She saved up her money to get plastic surgery. Of course, you know, she's a young intern, doesn't have a lot of money, so she goes with what she can afford, which happens to be a uh, disreputable plastic surgeon who works out of the basement of a strip club. And somehow, I won't ruin it, but the operation gets botched. She ends up with a massive hole in her face. Something inside of her snaps, and she takes out her anger on everyone throughout her life that has ever offended her in any way. And somehow, through this journey, she finds herself in this uh, you know, rampage of uh, murder that she goes through. 
So for somebody like yourself in the, in the process of going through the writing and being on set directing, and, you know, I mean, you're involved in so many other uh, elements of it too, when it comes down to editing as well, how do you kind of balance from inception to the final product, this, the balance between horror and comedy, because it seems like it's, it's almost like even more dangerous than committing to one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Because you have to kind of almost now please two sections of the audience and in order to kind of have it be the fun you want, but also to have maybe a level of gore that horror audiences expect. Uh, do you find that difficult? I definitely do. And I've said it before in other interviews that I really don't like horror comedy movies. And then actually I got to the point where I started saying it so much that people on my team are like, Brandon, like stop saying that because you've made, you know, a lot of the horrors I made have comedy in them. And I'm like, you know what? It just, it happens naturally. And funny enough, uh, originally when I came up with the concept for Grotesque, it was going to be straight horror. And just somehow, as I started writing it, it became funny. And then next thing you know, it just went off the rails into absurdity. And I think it's equally as funny as it is violent. So it's kind of like, even if I had to pick, is it, is it more one or the other? It's hard to say. It's definitely, it's, it's, it's got like a lighthearted, you know, romantic comedy kind of feel to it a little bit. But it's definitely very violent and it's going to offend a lot of people. <laughs> but I think somehow that those two put together, it... it it just naturally came out this way, even while we're on set, funny things happen, we put them in there and it just, it all kind of just occurred naturally. So I don't think it was hard trying to balance it. We just kind of, this is what we made and however it turns out is the way it turned out. And if you just kind of trust that process and have a good time doing it, then the end product is going to be, it's going to appeal to some people. It's, it's, you know, Army of Darkness is a good example, right? It's, it's a horror movie, but it's funny. It's, it just, uh, I think there's a market for that kind of thing. And I think the movie would suffer if we tried to make it, force it to be one or the other. So I'm happy with the way it turned out. When I was uh, watching it, I it kind of made me think, some, I've seen your previous work too, stuff like Hotbox and, and things before that. And some of the shorts that you uh, also are easily available online. You know, tonally, I kind of felt like, oh, this feels like basket case. That kind of feeling of like, okay, what you're watching here, it doesn't look very slick. It looks uh, indie and it looks a little raw, but it's also extremely tongue in cheek uh, to that point where if you kind of like those like 1980s, almost like if it's screened in a grand house theater uh, somewhere and then, uh, you know, the middle of New York, I would be like this, this movie grotesque fits there. Is that kind of what you're shooting for? Like Jim Wisniewski kind of level of like, let's yeah. have fun and kind of like, tap into something from you know another era that's exactly what we were trying to do and quite frankly if we wanted to make it slicker uh, the budget would have just shot up and we had to work with what we had which means we had to work extremely quickly and we also just had problems with you know covid we had to postpone it so many times and actors getting sick and things falling through and you know hotbox was 11 days it just fell right according to schedule we got it done quick this one took about a year and a half of oh, well, we ran out of time this summer, so we have to wait till the following spring to start up again. And, and just, you know, there was so many setbacks. So the fact that it even got finished at all was a miracle. And it worked out for that. I knew going in that if this was a different movie, if it was a very serious movie, we couldn't film it like this. But I think the kind of people that like this kind of movie aren't going to want it super polished. They're not going to want a Hollywood version. They're going to want the raw grindhouse version. It's kind of like, you know, why people like your look is better than the super polished, expensive look. And I think the movie would, our movie would suffer if it looked like we had a ton of time and unlimited money. So we worked with what we have 
and I think people are just going to appreciate just the the talent that went into it, and they're going to kind of see what we're going for, and it just has that charm to it that a lot of Hollywood movies can't, right? It's like they have no soul, whereas grotesque, you watch it, and it's like, yeah, it's violent, but it's got a heart to it, right? It's, I think, even, I mean, I made it, so it might be biased, but I just like throwing it on when I'm watching it as I'm working on it. It's like, I like watching this. It's, it's easy on the eyes. It's easy to watch. It's fun. There's no boring parts. It kind of just flies. And I, that's exactly what we were going for. So yeah, I think definitely I love that kind of movie myself. And I'm hoping that the people that watch this love that kind of movie too. Uh, and if you do, you should definitely be heading down to the Metro Cinema to join writer-director, our guest today, Brandon Rhinus, as he and the cast and crew from Grotesque and anybody else who wants to come, if you can get into the theater, watch the premiere of that film on Saturday, July 30th. Make sure you get your tickets early at metrocinema.org, uh, or you can roll the dice and try to maybe get some at the door. Brandon, you know, you talked a little bit there and kind of alluded to like maybe the heart and the soul of the movie for, I mean, for me, obviously you look at it is that it, it doesn't come down to a slasher film because that character of Mildred uh, becomes, I think, the heart and soul of that film, right? She's played by Elizabeth Chamberlain, but you also have on there too, this kind of almost polar opposite and uh, cartoonishly bitchy character that Julie Whalen, your partner in crime on many different projects who plays the character of Blanche are kind of the core two characters at the heart of Grotesque. Uh, even though I will say that uh, Mildred is quite prolific in her killing, that's for sure. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what each actor brings to this project and maybe how it gives it that heart. Julie is like absolutely amazing in everything she does in particular this actually without her this movie would not exist because we were actually in pre-production on a different film when I finished this script I let her read it she's like oh my god like we have to do this movie instead and I was like for real so we just abandoned the other movie started work on this and they got made and I knew right from the beginning Julie would be perfect for this part which is funny because in Hotbox she played the uber religious girl who is like so sweet and they're like ridiculously sweet. So this is the exact opposite. Now she's just like over the top. You know, even her, her coffee mug says number one bitch, you know, and her license plate, like it's exactly what she is. I think she's going to be like a, a fan favorite for the movie and people are going to basically be waiting an hour and a half to see her get her come up in the film. Yeah, she brought a lot to it. Elizabeth brought a lot to it. Every actor in there, just the little nuances that they kind of bring to it it's just great that we have that much talent in Edmonton that we can bring it together. I mean, we have like, what, 60, 70 people, uh, like actors in this film. There's so many different roles and, and all of them, they're just kind of perfect. And it's great that we just have the resources and the talent in Edmonton to like bring all these people into a movie and they all bring their little bit of talent and that like, and this is what we get out of it. So yeah, Julie, like a standout character. I think there's so many standout characters in it that um, that are going to be memorable for you know, for years to come, I think, when people watch it. I think one of the things that uh, I was intrigued by, too, is that you, like, you don't seem to be shy about, oh, it's it's definitely here in Edmonton. I mean, if you're if you're kind of in the know, you'll be, you'll notice several landmarks, maybe, uh, particularly the basement where the, uh, the plastic surgery is happening, right? And then also just like license plates to like, just being unabashed about it being in Edmonton. Is that something you're, you feel like that, you know, you're just like, that works for us? Do you feel like, I don't know why people are trying to pretend like we could be anywhere because somehow audiences need to have that? Like, do you, have you ever felt torn about that? Or are you just like, I think it's crazy not to embrace it? 
I think it's crazy not to embrace it. I've even, I've had a lot of producers and other people that tell me like, can't have a set in Canada. It's got to be the U.S. bigger market, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, like, like we should, we should be embarrassed because we're Canadian. They're like, Edmonton's not cool enough to be, because it's not freaking LA or New York. Like, it's like, no, we're going to set it in Edmonton. We're going to mention it. You know, we have Canadian money. You know, we see things in Edmonton. They even, even as we, I don't think we mentioned Edmonton in Grotesque, but we mentioned Alberta. So people want to know where it is. Like we don't hide it at all. I think more people should do that. And because, I mean, quite frankly, if anyone in anywhere in the world is loving this movie, no one's going to turn it off because it takes place in Edmonton, Canada. Like no one's going to care. Like it's, you know, I don't see what difference, it, what difference it makes. And, and I think for people here, we don't get to see Edmonton in a lot of movies. So why not? It's cool to me. It's where we are. Like, why are we going to pretend that we're, you know, somewhere in the United States and have to exchange for American currency just to make it, you know, look like we're, you know, faking being in the U.S. It's so ridiculous. I, I'm happy to be, to be in Alberta, happy to be in Canada. So we may as well make that come through in our movies. Yeah, it's also been a strange concept to me because I never really like I never look at it as kind of like, oh, I, I don't think I like it because, you know, it's set in the middle of Indiana as opposed to like in New York City, because I'm yeah. way more used to that. Do you know what I mean? Like I just I get that we are inundated with, you know, certain landmarks, particularly when it comes to American cities or we just assume everything, you know, is done in Toronto. But, you know, or something's filmed in Toronto, they're trying to make it look like it's American or not make it look like Toronto. Uh, it's always a bizarre concept concept to me that uh, that would somehow alienate audiences so you know it's just nice to see at times where if you're going to make something here that it's not something you have to be afraid of right exactly i want to talk a little bit about you know where maybe you feel like because of the project like this you've lived with it for quite a while because like you talked about with the breaks and the pandemic and you're just about on the cusp about to see this with audiences for the first time other than you know maybe the the inner circle that has seen uh what you're you're just about finished on talk just a little bit about how you feel the evolution of a project like this happens Did that year and a half really throw a monkey wrench at you i mean creatively as opposed to like scheduling wise because that's obvious or do you feel like it was an interesting experiment because you've never had a project that's been broken up like that and maybe in some ways it helped how did you feel about the break i think creatively it didn't affect us much we stuck on track we had a plan this is what we're doing it, it just came down to yes yeah, scheduling just all those logistical things and you know uh, elizabeth our main actor lives in saskatchewan so even just trying to bring her out and it's like, oh, we, uh, you know, she has to drive down here for the weekend. And then, oh, we got to cancel at the last minute because someone got COVID. So she has to drive home and we'll try to do it the next weekend. And then someone else gets COVID. And uh, it's more of those just the logistical things that really test the crew. And I mean, we aren't a big production where we have 100 people working on it. We're a very, very tight crew. Um, we've worked together on multiple things. And I, I kind of like that it, it tested us and, you know, it's, it's easy to do things when they're easy. It's like, how much dedication do we have to this when all of a sudden things aren't going our way and it keeps falling apart and people get discouraged. And, you know, there's a ton of time where we could be like, you know, is this even worth it? Like it could have just fallen apart and everyone gives up and went their own way, but it's like, you know what, let's regroup. We got to wait four months, then we'll bring everything together again. And there was never a moment when people doubted it. There was never anyone that was like, yeah, you know what? I don't think it's going to happen. It's just like, you know what? I know this is like our ninth false start in a row, but let's do it again. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, people 
book time off of work and everyone's just so dedicated. So I kind of liked that. Yeah. The only issue we have was just the logistics of pulling it off. And it's kind of great that we can pivot when we need to. And it's like, no matter what, this is what we're doing. So creatively it didn't really affect us. It's like, we just deal with what we have and we set out on this mission and we made it happen. One of the things that's interesting about your projects too, is that, you know, you do have, it's almost like, uh, you know, your production company, Higher Universe, it's like there's a little Higher Universe family, whether it's in front of the camera or behind the scenes. Talk to us about the importance of kind of using those people again and having a crew and cast members that you're familiar with and, and what that does for you. And how do you think it makes the process easier, better? It makes it easier. It makes it better. And yeah, like I work with, you know, Sam Au and, you know, James and Laura and uh, Jamie Clark, all the, all the our core crew are just wonderful to work with. Basically. It's just good to know that I have people that are just willing to go on this adventure every time. And here, here's a new movie I want to do. There's never, well, let me read the script and I'll decide if I like it or not. It's more just like, let me know when to show up. I'll be there. And everyone's kind of fallen into their roles. They know how to do everything. They each, everyone kind of knows their job and, and our jobs kind of blend, you know, we're not a Hollywood movie where strict rules for every job. It's like everyone kind of does every job or we switch off. And, and I kind of like that. It's just like, I couldn't do this on my own. I mean, even as writer director, I'm kind of, you know, I guess I'm captain of the ship, but everyone else is equally important to me in my eyes because I couldn't do it without them. Especially for a movie like this, where we have, you know, a lot of visual effects you know we have a lot of just violent slasher type things and it's like I don't know how to do that and so it's like well between us and the makeup artist and our DP we all kind of figure it out how do, how do you hack someone's head off and make it look real and we just figured it out and some of them worked some of them didn't some of them we had to redo I hope 20 years from now I'm still working with these same people and hopefully we've moved on to bigger budgets and we're making you know hell of a lot more money at this now uh, by that point but it's kind of good in these early days where we're just like struggling with the little, the few resources we have and the very limited budgets and we could still make something happen. We can create, here's what we want to do and we can actually pull it off. And grotesque is not a simple script. It's not, you know, two people in one location. It's, you know, 60 people in like 35 locations. It's like, there was just so much involved that it's the most ambitious project I've pulled off. And the fact that we did it on a crew of what, like six or seven people is, uh, is a miracle. So I can't say enough about how awesome everyone I work with is. Well, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about too, with some foresight in the last film uh, that I talked to you about was with Hotbox. It was much probably more simple to, to the like, okay, we're in pretty much one location. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're showing up there at different times, but this is very much like, like a, a journey. It's like a road trip for, for that character, right. For Marilyn. So talk to us a little bit about maybe what in grotesque do you feel like was the area where you feel like maybe as a director that you progressed the most? Did you find it's in in post for you? Did you find it was the logistics of shooting? What helped you in this process of going through Gotesk make you a better director? I think a lot of it was just having to work very quickly, insanely quickly. Like the whole scene um, at the salon where, you know, she goes and her, like the love interest is working there and all that stuff. I didn't even see that location until we showed up on set because we were supposed to shoot at a different, like a hair salon but kind of at the last minute, they started worrying about getting blood on the floor and stuff. And I couldn't guarantee, I couldn't honestly guarantee we couldn't ruin their floor. So 
we had to change locations. So we were already out shooting something else. Partway through the day, we showed up at that location and it's completely different than the plan we had because you know a, a hair salon is one big room that has multiple seats. This was like a little lobby and it was like a massage kind of place. So it had you know, the lobby and then a bunch of separate rooms and a very narrow hallway. So we show up, we're already behind schedule. It's like, all right, Brandon, what are we doing? And it's like, okay, well, I have to rewrite the entire scene in my head because the original dialogue no longer makes sense. And I have to figure out a completely new shot list and, you know, on the spot. And we didn't even have time to like, can I sit down for half hour and plan this out? It's like, no, we got to start setting up right now. So the fact that in my mind, even while we were shooting, I'm like, this is going, this is crashing and burning. It's not going to work. We're going to have to reshoot this. And when I edit it, it's like, it works. I could have done it better with more time, obviously. But it's like, you know what? The fact that we even got it done is a miracle. So I think it, it's um, just working under that kind of high, high pressure and not showing that we're under pressure. Yeah, it, it really helped with, with my skills. So when I come back to a scene where now we have much more time, it's like, oh, it's going to help me because I'm used to just like, you know, getting it done fast, fast, fast. And, and in the indie world, that's what you got to do. We don't have, you know, 45 days to shoot. I think we shot the whole thing in, in 12. So we have to learn to be extremely efficient. We have to work very fast. And that makes it fun too, just working fast. It kind of like, it doesn't kill the creativity where if it's just nonstop sitting around waiting, you kind of lose that momentum. Whereas when we're going fast, it's just everyone's on their toes. Everyone's working hard. It kind of makes it more fun and it gets it done sooner. Brandon Rhinus is our guest today, writer, director. The film we're talking about specifically is grotesque. You can catch it at the world premiere at the Metro Cinema on on Saturday, July 30th. Now, here's the thing. You want to get tickets early because uh, I can almost guarantee it's going to sell out. And that's at metrocinema.org is where you want to be because, of course, it's going to be a huge party of all the people that worked on it and the friends and the family. So it's going to be a great environment to see a film like this, too, uh, with a bunch of people involved. And it's going to be fun. I see this as like a screening slash uh, viewing party. I think it's going to have a very party-like vibe there. Brandon, people want to know more about the film. Talk to us a little bit about how they can connect with it on social media or more of your work, too. Yeah, where I'm, I'm on Facebook. If you go to the Higher Universe, um, or I'm sorry, on YouTube, the Higher Universe YouTube page, you can actually see the original trailer we made oh three years ago to kind of you know jumpstart the whole movie. It's it's changed so much since then, but you can kind of see the origins. You can see all my short films, and I'm on I'm on all the uh, the major social media platforms. So you can go on there. There's a grotesque Facebook page. It got taken down for a while for being uh, too violent, so we had to restart it, but it's on there now for the time being. So, um, yeah, so feel free to reach out. And if you're interested in filmmaking or anything, like if you come to a premiere, you're going to be able to meet all the cast and crew and you know the people that make films in Edmonton are going to be there. So it's a, it's a great opportunity to get involved. And some of the people in Grotesque are only in there because they came to the Hotbox screening and introduced themselves. Next thing you know, we start chatting and next thing you know, they're in the movie. So, um, so it's going to be a great opportunity to meet people. And uh, uh, Elizabeth is going to be there in, in costume as Mildred. So it, it should be a great, a great fun time. Oh, yes. I can only imagine she's going to be in a thousand photos, probably. Yeah, I hope at so. At that point, <laughs> yeah. With a knife in somebody's neck or several other things, yeah. probably. I think yeah. this, coming, uh, this coming Halloween, we're going to hopefully yeah. be seeing uh, a lot of people dressed up as Mildred. 
Well, let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. so. All right. Maybe one of them will be me. You never know. <laughs> you got to send me know. a picture. I will. I'm, as soon as I find that polka dot dress, I'm, I'm bringing <laughs> it. I'm bringing it. Uh, Brandon Rhinus has been our guest today on Moving Radio. The film, of course, we just talked about is grotesque. Check it out uh, at the Metro Cinema on July 30th. If you miss it there, you know what the smart thing to do is to follow Brandon and the film on social media. And then you can find out where there'll be other screenings or where the film will also be available after that, too. Brandon, thank you again for being a guest. Uh, we're, we're getting close. Hopefully we put you in the five timers club at some point here very soon too. Uh, we appreciate the time and I implore people to go and check it out. Enjoy the film. Don't go in there being too serious, right? This is a, you're there to have fun, right? So make sure that you put on your have fun hat. <laughs>